It has often been said that Christians aren't supposed to tell lies, they just sing them. It's a catchy little song, and we used to sing it as a kid. But the question is, is it true? Can we honestly say that we are really in right, out right, upright, downright, happy all the time? And it's not just kids' songs that say those kind of things. There's a hymn, a very well-known hymn, that says this, At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Now, I don't want to be hypercritical against those who have written Christian songs. I certainly couldn't do that, okay? So I don't want to be pointing the finger at them. And of course, there is real joy in the Christian life. We have so many reasons to rejoice that the Bible encourages us to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So many reasons that we as Christians should be rejoicing in the Lord this morning. But the idea that Christians are supposed to be always smiling, always happy, always upbeat, and never touched by the sadness of others, can put an impossible pressure on us. It can make us feel that we need to hide how we really feel in church. It can make us feel guilty when we feel down. It can even make us question our faith. Because, well, what's wrong with me? That I don't feel happy all the time, as other Christians do. And it can really add to our pain in life. When you're really hurting, it's not always the most helpful thing for somebody to come up to you and say, Smile! Jesus loves you. And so we're going to look this morning at what Jesus says about this. We're going to, we're start continuing in our little series that we started last week, looking at the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. And we're seeing the kinds of people that Jesus describes as being blessed. And I think what he says in the second of those Beatitudes are going to speak really into this whole issue. So it's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, just one verse. If you want to find it in your Bibles, you can read it along with us. But just listen if you don't have a Bible in front of you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Let me read it again. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Many people today would say that their goal in life is to be happy. And we put a lot of time and effort and money into this pursuit of happiness. I would think we'll probably get more entertainment and more leisure time and more holidays than ever before. And so much of the advertising industry is based on this pursuit of happiness I'm sure many of you know what these are called. They're called McDonald's Happy Meals. Don't think they would sell very well if they were called McDonald's Sad Meals. Do you? No, of course not, because happiness sells. 
And according to the third UN World Happiness Report, did you know the UN does a World Happiness Report? Ireland isn't doing too badly in this pursuit of happiness. This report, it was published in April of this year, says that we're 18th in the world. Here we are here. And the happiest places to live. Our score of 6.94 out of 10 puts us ahead of the UK and Germany and France, but about half a point behind the top three, Switzerland, Iceland and Denmark, as being the happiest places to live. But we also know that happiness is such a fragile thing, isn't it? It depends so much on the circumstances and the happenings of our lives. It is impacted by our health, by our finances, by our family, by our friends, our career, even our age. According to figures, this is from the UK, happiness falls generally after age 19. Sorry, but we're probably all over, nearly all over age 19, so that's, that's not the good news. But the good news is, it rises again when, when you reach your late 50s. I'm not asked people if that's true. And then it peaks around the age of 75 where it dips again a little bit. So happiness is impacted by so many different things in our lives. But we don't need to worry about these kind of things. Because Jesus does not say that the blessed life is for the happy. Instead he says, blessed are those who mourn. The word that Jesus uses here for the word mourn is the strongest word in the Greek language for this. It's used when we are grieving for those, when we lose those who are closest to us. It's used for mourning over the lost one, our loved ones. It's a really deep sadness and grief. In some ways, Jesus is claiming that the blessed life is for those who are sad. This has brought great encouragement for people in times of loss and bereavement. The promise that they will be comforted has encouraged them that they're not on their own in their sadness. This is what Psalm 34 verse 18 says. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. If we have trusted in Jesus, then we can be sure of God's presence in our lives all the time. But He is especially close to us when our hearts are broken and when our spirits are crushed. He's especially close to us in those difficult times. And he wants to come alongside us and speak his words of truth to reassure us of his love, to remind us of his care and repeat to to us his promises so that we can rest in his arms. Our God is the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. This doesn't mean that all of our problems are immediately removed or solved. But it does mean that we can leave them in God's hands. There's a Bible teacher called Kay Arthur. And she tells a story about how one day she was getting out of her car after pulling into their driveway. And her arms were loaded down with books. 
and she didn't want to go into the house. She was a young widow with two small kids and it had been a really bad day and she was hurting. And as she stared at the grass, her mind went back to a time in her childhood when she had been running through the grass towards her dad, terrified and screaming. He had scooped her into, up into her, in his arms and given her comfort. And she wished that she could be that little child again. She wished that she had someone to hold her right there and then. As she turned to go into the house, she suddenly saw herself in her mind's eye. A little girl in pigtails, flying down, running down through a, a vast marble corridor. Oil paintings bigger than life hung on the walls. She could hear her little shoes on the marble floor and see the tears running down her cheeks. It was a long corridor. At the end were two huge gold doors glistening in the sunlight. On either side of the imposing doors were stood two magnificently dressed guards with huge spears blocking the entrance into the room beyond. Undaunted, the little girl ran straight towards the doors, still crying, Abba. And as she neared the doors, the guards flung them open and heralded her arrival. The daughter of the king, the daughter of the king. Court was in session. The cherubim and seraphim cried, Holy, holy, holy. And the elders sat on their thrones, dressed in white, wearing crowns of gold and talking with the king of kings. But none of this slowed his daughter. Oblivious to everything going on about her, she ran past the seven burning lamps of fire and up the steps leading to the throne and she catapulted herself into the king's arms. She was home and wrapped in the arms of his everlasting love. He reached up and with one finger gently wiped away her tears. Then he smoothed the sticky hair on her face back into her braids and said, Now, now, tell your father all about it. And Kay Arthur walked into her house, put her books on the table, walked into her bedroom, knelt back down by her bedside and told her father all about it. If we're struggling this morning, if we're grieving over loss or hurts, we don't need to hide it. We don't need to try to pretend to be okay. God wants us to come to Him as we are. With our questions, with our pain, with our tears. Peter encourages us, cast all your anxiety on Him. Because He cares for you. In times of sadness, our Heavenly Father is close to us. He cares deeply about us. And He wants to comfort us as only He can. This is a wonderful truth that we can rely on today, folks. We are children of God. He is our Heavenly Father and He's always there for us. what about this beatitude? What was Jesus really saying about this? Was he really saying 
That we can only live this blessed life if we're sad and grieving this morning. Is this blessed life only for when we're going through difficult times? Only for when we're mourning? Only for when we're bereaved? Well, of course not. Because I believe that in this beatitude, Jesus was actually focusing on a different kind of mourning. The mourning of repentance. Jesus was saying, blessed are those who mourn because of the sin in this world. Yes, this world is amazing in so many ways, isn't it? From the magnificence of our landscapes, the beauty of nature around us, even to the breathtaking wonder of human life. All around us we can see the skillful handiwork of our Creator God. But this morning we are blessed if we can see that there's something deeply wrong with this world. We are blessed if we are deeply saddened that we live in a world where so many people spend all their time and energy acquiring stuff that they'll leave behind. We are blessed this morning if we live in, if we are saddened that we live in a world where most of the wealth is owned by a very small minority, where the majority live in poverty. We are blessed this morning if we are saddened that we live in a world where the promise of love and commitment means so little. Where kids sometimes even kill each other. Where people volunteer to be human bombs. Where people get trapped in a lorry and are killed on the side of a road because they're just trying to flee for a, for a new life like happened in in Germany recently. Where evil is called good and good is called evil. We are among those that God declares as blessed if we look on this world and our hearts are broken over the presence of sin, over the rejection of God, over all the immorality that's around us and the abuse of others. We are blessed if we can say with the psalmist, streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. We are blessed if we can declare with Paul that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race. We are blessed this morning Because this is God's response to his world. He is deeply saddened over this world. He mourns over the rejection of him in this world and the mess it makes of people's lives as they live in this sin-cursed and fallen world. Remember when Jesus rode into, into Jerusalem on a donkey? Seemed like his popularity was at its highest. Crowds celebrated, waved their palm branches, and declared Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But Luke tells us that as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, Jesus wept over it. And said, if you, even you, had only known in this day what would bring you peace, 
but now it's hidden from your eyes. Jesus wept because he knew that this city would soon turn their backs on him. He knew that they would again reject their true king. And he knew all the suffering and pain that it would cause. And it broke his heart. I wonder this morning, do we recognize that there's something deeply wrong with this world? Do we weep over the mess that humanity has made? Does our heart break as we see all the pain and the suffering the sin causes? Do we long for God to come and heal his land? But I think it's really important that we don't stop there. Because if we simply mourn for the state of this world, then we're in danger of setting ourselves up as the judge of this world. We're in danger of our temptation to point the finger and shake our heads at the state of this world and over the failures of others. Instead, we need to see our part in this mess. When Isaiah had a vision of the Lord in his temple and the seraphs declaring his complete holiness, this is how Isaiah responded. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. The blessed life is for those who don't only mourn over the sin of this world, but who mourn over their own sinfulness. They know that they're no better than anyone else. They know that they have fallen short of God's standard. And they refuse to minimize it or excuse it. Instead, they have seen how horrible their sin is. They realize that their sin is a rebellion against God's rightful place in this world and in their hearts. And they are deeply saddened by their own selfishness. And their own self-centeredness. By their own stubbornness and their pride their disobedience and their rebelliousness, because they know that they have hurt other people. And more than that, they have hurt their God. And they know that they deserve nothing from God but rejection and condemnation. They understand what Paul meant when he cried out, What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? And this should always be part of our attitude as Christians. Even as we grow in our faith. Even if we've been walking with the Lord for 10, 20, 30, 50, 60 years. Because the closer we get to God, the more we see how very far short of His standards we have come. The more we step into His holiness, into the light of His holiness, the more we see the darkness that is in all of our hearts. So we should be heartbroken this morning because of the sin in this world. And we should be heartbroken over the sin in our hearts. But when we do mourn in repentance, Jesus says we are blessed. 
because they will be comforted. As we mourn for our sin, we'll be comforted because the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. On the cross, Jesus willingly paid the price in full for our sin. He was made sin for us so that we might receive His righteousness. That means if we confess our sin, if we repent of it, if we place our trust in Christ alone, then we will receive the comfort of His full and free forgiveness. This is the promise of the Gospel. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this is God's offer today. If we come to the cross in true repentance and faith, then we can know that we're truly blessed because we've been made right with God. And we can celebrate with David in Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven. Whose sin is covered. And that's reasons for rejoicing this morning. That we can be among those who are forgiven. But of course we still live in this sin-cursed and fallen world. And so we're still impacted by the suffering it causes But we can also be comforted in knowing that through Jesus, God's kingdom is growing. Isaiah prophesied about Christ, that he would be sent to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And this is being fulfilled. In our day, this is being fulfilled. Each day, all over this world, people are hearing the gospel. More and more are repenting of their sin. And they're coming into the joy of full forgiveness. As God has rescued them from the dominion of darkness and brought them into the kingdom of the Son that He loves. And today, we're a small part of that. We're a small part of that kingdom. And despite the apathy and the unbelief and the opposition and the persecution that we see around us, we can rejoice this morning that God, Jesus is building his kingdom and nothing and no one can stop his advance. This is Jesus' promise. I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Yes, this world's a mess. But God's kingdom is coming. So today we can experience God's comfort in our heart. But this comfort will only be fully realized when Jesus comes again. Because then we'll not only be released from the penalty of our sin, we'll also be released from the presence of it. 
This is what John writes in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. He says, when he appears, when Jesus appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. On that day, we'll no longer mourn over our sin. Instead, we will stand before Christ fully transformed, dressed in His righteousness, made perfect through His sacrifice on the cross. And we'll no longer mourn over a world of sinfulness and suffering. Because God will make it anew. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4 says this. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. So the life that Jesus declares is blessed is not all about laughter and joy and fun. It's not a life of being happy all the time. We don't need to hide our tears or put on a plastic smile this morning. The blessed life includes times of sadness and sorrow as the only proper response to living in this sin-cursed world and with our sinful hearts. But this godly sorrow is the road to blessing when it brings us to true repentance and faith in Christ. Then we'll have the true comfort of experiencing God's full and free forgiveness, of knowing that we're part of God's growing kingdom, and having the confidence and the expectation that one day Jesus will bring us into his Father's house and wipe away all our tears. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be blessed.